Kia ora. Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. For more details, you can find us at arisechurch.com. Right now, we're going to hear from Hudson Bond, our national teaching pastor. We hope you enjoy today's message. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the excitement of a rugby final. We thank you, Lord God, for the, the sun and the air in our lungs. Lord, we thank you that we can gather here in your house. And Lord, in this place, everything falls into proper alignment. Perspective comes, healing comes. Lord, your presence comes. And we thank you, Father, for settling our hearts, opening, opening our minds, opening us up, Lord, to your word today. We commit this service to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Is everyone ready? G'day to Pyrrha as well. You guys are up there watching. Um, I'm I'm going to do a bit of teaching this morning, and I hope, I hope you're up for that. And I'm going to talk about God today, which is good, because we're in church, and it's a beautiful, sunny Sunday. We're going to put a verse up on the screen as Colossians 2, verse 9. Today, I want to talk about God. I want to talk about God, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The word the Bible uses, what we normally say is Trinity, the word the Bible uses there is the Godhead. I don't know if you've ever noticed that before. For in Him, in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. So the Bible word to describe the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Bible word to describe who God is, is the Godhead. We normally say the word Trinity, but the word Trinity is not actually in the Bible, but it does mean three or threeness. And as we think about the the threeness of this one God, we have to acknowledge this morning that God is actually beyond our understanding. He's beyond our categories. We can't spreadsheet God and kind of work out who He is. There is a mystery to our God that we cannot fully understand. So today, here in front of you, I am trying to do the impossible. And I need you to be on my side. Are you up for that? To grow a little bit in our understanding about what our God is like. Interestingly, the Scriptures Do not attempt to explain this mystery at all. The Bible simply announces it. It says, in the beginning, God created. It doesn't then have a subsection in another category and turn to the appendix and tell us and describe and tell. The Bible simply declares who God is. As Orthodox Christians, this is what we believe. I'm going to put a statement up on the screen. We believe this about God, that uh, God eternally exists as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who each equally share in one divine nature. Leave that up on screen for a moment. This is what we believe as Christians. You say, yeah, I'm a Christian. This is what we believe, that God eternally exists, has always existed, will always exist. He's eternal. He has always existed in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who each equally share of one divine nature. 
It's deep. It's good for us. It's good for us to sit and wrestle and to not understand it all and to search the scriptures and to recognize who God is. See, the Old Testament has many verses and many chapters and places where we talk about God. Yahweh is the focus of the Old Testament. But we do see in the Old Testament glimpses, hints, pictures of what and who God really is. Let's look at a couple of those really quickly. Famously, Genesis 1 verse 26. Talking about the creation story. Then God said, let us, plural word there in English, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. See, there's just, it's not stated plainly, but there's a hint there of God kind of bigger than just one, but it does just say God. Let's look at Psalm 110 verse 1. Psalm 110 verse 1. This is a Psalm of David. The Lord said to my Lord, there's, there's lords talking to Lord here, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. See, we're seeing glimpses of more than a singular identity here. And this is my favorite one. You might never have read this or thought about this. Isaiah 48 verse 16. Look at this and just listen to it. Come closer and listen to this. From the beginning, I have told you plainly what would happen. And now the sovereign Lord and his spirit have sent me with this message. There's this sort of picture of Jesus and he's saying the sovereign Lord and his spirit have sent me. There's kind of the image in the picture of three and yet the Old Testament is kind of vague and kind of a little bit mysterious, but it is definitely pointing towards a greater God than what they had thought of in the Old Testament. But it is in the New Testament where we see the Trinity with much greater clarity. And it's the New Testament that, if you like, whips off the veil and reveals God in all his glory and his goodness. It reveals that the, the number of divine persons to be three, no more and no less. Firstly, in the baptismal command in Matthew 3, verse 16 and 17, the name that we get baptized in. Jesus came up out of the water. There is Jesus, and the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending and settling on him, and a voice from heaven, this is my dearly loved Son, the voice from heaven, the sun in the water and the Holy Spirit coming upon him. A much greater revelation than we had ever seen in the Old Testament. And then we come to the commissioning in Matthew 28, verse 19, where we are told to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in what? The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If all you knew was the Old Testament and you started to read verses like this, you are suddenly standing back and your hair is on fire and you're like, wow, what had been hinted at in the Old is now being made plain in the New Testament. And then in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14, there is a, a blessing given by Paul at the end of this letter. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I pray that for every person here today. The, the love of God, the, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the, the touch of heaven 
would come upon you today. And Paul blesses the congregation and he, as he closes this letter. Church, we don't hold this doctrine of the Trinity because it is easy to understand. We hold this doctrine because it is what the Bible plainly reveals. And so we must grow in our understanding to accept it, not just kind of push it away because I can't quite wrap my head around it. And all through the Bible, he is revealing and showing us who he is. God is revealing and showing and teaching. And this belief in a three-in-one God marks us out as Christians as different from every single other school of thought, religion, belief, faith. It marks us out as distinct and different. In fact, it is the distinguishing feature of Christianity that we believe in a God who is one and yet He is three. There are other people all over the world that worship a God, but none whose God claims to be one and yet three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is remarkable. That is the distinguishing difference, one of them, of Christianity. There are not three separate gods, but three persons in one God. And I like this phrase, distinguishable but indivisible. There is distinction there. I can make out some distinctions, but I can never divide. It's like I'm walking towards it's like I'm in the Lord of the Rings and I'm walking towards a forest on the other end of the field. And to me, right now, this forest is just a forest. But as I get closer and closer and closer, I can begin to distinguish individual trees. But then as I back off again, it all kind of merges into one. This is Hudson desperately trying to help us all understand what I'm talking about. This is why I don't like the picture of water, ice, and steam to try and describe the Trinity, because they're kind of distinct elements. They are not the same at the same time. And we must walk this delicate balance between the fact that God is one and the fact that God is three. We've got to walk and hold the tension and have it's called a faith. We must believe, even though I can't cognitively understand it all. The early church was completely divided over this. There were a school of people called the Unitarians who says, no, God is one. God is one. They accepted the existence of God, but denied and ignored his threeness. Arian, who was an early church heretic in the end, but what he believed nearly became the doctrine of the church. He believed and he taught that God is a numerically number one God and that the Holy Spirit and Jesus were created beings. They were created. They were awesome, but they were created by the one God who made the Son and made the Father. But the church realized that is incorrect and they kicked him out of the church because he began to teach heresy. But it was a struggle for what is true and what is not. And they were the Unitarians. There is only one. But on the other end of the scale, there were the tritheists who says, no, God is, there is three distinct separate gods. There is the Father and He's awesome. And there is the Son, He is God. And there is the Holy Spirit, but they are distinct. They are separate gods and they were the those who believed in this theory called tritheism. 
It denied the unity. There was no, they were not the same. They were all distinct. They believed in three separate gods. And this was the wrestle that the early church had to try and nut it out. And a guy called Athanasius, history tells us that he walked across the floor to Arian, who was teaching one of these, and he slapped him in the face as he recognized the heresy that he was teaching. Who could see a little bit more face slapping come back into church sometimes? (laughs) But this is what they wrote. I'm gonna put up a big chunk called the Athanasian Creed. This is what the church wrote to try and understand who our God is and to put it in black and white so that no error would ever creep in. This is called the Athanasian Creed, was written in the fifth century to combat all the heresies around the God we believe in, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's put it on the screen. And it begins like this. It says, and the Catholic faith, so the Catholic faith, don't get sidetracked by the Roman Catholic thing. That's different. This is the faith that we all believe, okay? The Catholic faith faith is this, that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confounding the persons or dividing the substance. For there is one person of the Father, another of the Son, and another of the Holy Spirit. But the Godhead of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is all one. The glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. Man, these are some great words. But look at how they were struggling to put in words the majesty of God. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The Father, uncreated. The Son, uncreated. The Holy Spirit, uncreated. See how what Arian had said is, no, the Son was created. And, the whole, and so into this creed they put, no, the Son is uncreated. The Holy Spirit uncreated. The Father incomprehensible. The Son incomprehensible. The Holy Spirit incomprehensible. The Father eternal. The Son eternal. The Holy Spirit eternal. And yet they are not three eternals, but one eternal. As also there are not three uncreated nor three incomprehensible, but one uncreated and one incomprehensible. Now stay with me. These are, this is going deep now. So likewise, the Father is almighty, the Son almighty, and the Holy Spirit is almighty. And yet there are not three almighties, but one. So the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And yet there are not three gods, but one God. So likewise, the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, the Holy Spirit Lord, and yet there are not three lords, but one. For like as we are compelled by the Christian Christian verity, to acknowledge every person by himself to be God and Lord, so we are forbidden by the Catholic religion to say there are three gods or three lords. So we're forbidden to say there's three gods. There's not, there's one. There's one essence, there's one God, but there are three persons within that one nature, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all God. John Owen called this a sweet mystery. 
who, who would say, yep, that, that, is a, that is a sweet mystery this morning, but we are wrapping our heads around it. We are growing in our understanding. And growing in our understanding gives us a more firm foundation to stand on because we do not know what tomorrow will bring. We've got to grow, we've got to learn, and we've got to understand these things. Three persons share one nature, inseparable. I'm going to put an image up on the screen here. This is the image that came out, came out of the Athanasian Creed. It's that triangular one for the team who are on AV. Look at this image here. I don't know if you've seen this before. But this is an image as best man could in the fifth century to say this is who God is. He is God. The Father is God. The Son is God. And the Holy Spirit is God. But the Father is not the Son. And the Holy Spirit is not the Father, but God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our God is more complex and more interesting than we ever imagined. There's been a lot of attempts over the years to put this into different phrases and words and draw other images, but I just felt that image helped me, and I hope that that helped you. Other attempts have been made by saying that the Father is the creator, the Son is the savior, and the Spirit is the completer. It is not that each one acts independently, but rather the Father acts through the Son by the Holy Spirit. The Father acting through the Son by the Holy Spirit, all in complete unity at every single moment of history. They have different roles, but the same nature. And if you ever get a bit lost in all this, I can imagine you're sitting there going, my gosh, Hudson, look at all these words and phrases and this creed, I've never heard of it. And it's, it's 1,500 years old. Why does that matter today? It does matter today. We must wrestle with these things. But if you ever find yourself getting a little bit lost, a little bit unsure, I want you to come back to the Bible and begin to look in the Old Testament and some pictures of the Godhead that I hope will help you this morning to understand it. Remember, these are just pictures, types, analogies, if you like, to help us as humans understand who God is. The first one, the first biblical symbol of the Godhead is the Ark of Noah. So I've got a little picture of that we can put up on, this, on the screen. The Ark of Noah. A friend of mine in Christchurch drew this for me, so it begins to make sense. Leave that up there for a moment. Did you know the Ark had three levels? There was the foundation, there was the middle layer, and then there was the top layer in the ark. The bottom layer was the strength, it was the foundation, it was the, the, the base level of the ark. And in the second level, there was the door. The door, if you go back and read, the door was in the second level of the ark. And what did Jesus say about himself? He said, I'm the way, I'm the door. No man gets on the ark without going through the door. No man comes to the Father, but through me, said Jesus Christ. And then on the third level, they had the windows were right up the top, which let the light in, which let the air in, and which also let the dove come out. The ark is a picture of the Godhead. If you wanted to be a triune ark, it took a triune ark to save humanity. Not just one level. One boat, but three levels 
to bring salvation. God is working salvation through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The second image is of Moses at the burning bush. We call this the call of Moses, but it's actually a revelation of God himself. There was one bush, we'll put that up on the screen, there was one bush, but there are three distinctions going on here. There was the voice speaking to Moses, it was the voice calling, and that would have been how they pronounced his name in Hebrew, Moshe, Moshe, the voice calling to Moses. But there was also the bush, which is a symbol of the sun. Remember, he was called in Isaiah, he is called the root that came out of Jesse. He's called the, um, the branch in Isaiah. And he carried a wooden cross onto that hill. Jesus is the branch. And easily to understand, the symbol of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament is fire. And the whole bush was on fire. But it took a threefold revelation of God in this speaking bush that was set on fire but was not consumed to call Moses the great deliverer. Another picture of the Trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working in unity to call this great deliverer of the nation of Israel. And then finally, haven't got a picture for this one, but the God of uh, God is called the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob in Exodus verse three. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, a triune representation of who God is. Abraham was the father. He was the one that had the promise. And then Isaac was the son. The Bible says he's the only begotten son of Isaac and his chosen wife. And he was the one that sacrificed and lay on the altar. There is Abraham, there is Isaac, and then there was Jacob. And Jacob, remember, was the fruitful one. Jacob is the one that had 12 sons and became a great nation. And the Holy Spirit speaks of fruitfulness and multiplication. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So what does all this mean to me? What does this mean to me here now in Wellington in 2023? How does this change how I would live my life? I would suggest it should change how we live our lives. I should be more aware of Trinitarian passages in the Bible, of moments when I'm reading and I realize, oh, there's the Father, there's the Son, there is the Holy Spirit. It should also change the way that I see God. I should be a mere, more aware of who He is. There's a, there's, a, there's a greater complexity about Him. It's not just a kind of a white-haired old guy sitting on a throne. No, God is much greater than we believed at first. No other faith claims what we claim about our God. And it should also change the way that you pray. It should radically change the way that you pray. If God has revealed him to, to us as triune, which he is, okay, then we must pray to God in a way that reflects his true essence. I should include all three persons of the Trinity in my prayer. Think about it. If God has revealed himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, why should we, not, why should we just pray to the Father all the time? Should I not also pray to Jesus? Should I not also pray to the Holy Spirit? 
the Holy Spirit is God. I'm not dishonoring the Father by praying to the Holy Spirit. They are in complete unity. So I can pray to the Father. I can pray to the Son. I can pray to the Holy Spirit. I can include all three in one prayer and not feel a little bit weird about that. You should try it more often. I was at a wedding the other day and invited forward to to pray for the couple. And I was like, I prayed a Trinitarian prayer because that is who God is. Firstly, why don't you direct your prayers to the Father? And why don't you be conscious of the Holy Spirit leading you as you pray in Jesus' name? Be aware of the three and one, all in operation, and I can step into that. And it expands my, my prayer life and my language. And it actually becomes a more biblical prayer. I've got a quote here. I think I've got this to put up on the screen by a theologian called Millard Erickson to try and kind of wrap, wrap this up. The doctrine of the Trinity is a crucial ingredient of our faith. Each of the three persons is to be worshipped, as is the triune God. So each of the three is to be worshipped, as is the Godhead itself. And keeping in mind their distinctive work, it is appropriate to direct prayers of thanks and petition to each of the members of the Trinity, as well as to them all collectively. This is a critical, crucial part of what we believe. I'll maybe get the the team to, to come up and join me as we start to wrap up. If this is true, and it is, it should change the way that I pray, but it should also change the way that I worship. It should change the way that I worship. See, worship is about God, and God is triune. Therefore, worship is about the Trinity. Let me say that again. Worship is about God. And God has revealed himself as triune, as three in one. Therefore, worship is about the Trinity. Do you know that right now in heaven, there is worship going on? Do you know that right now in heaven, there is worship going on between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? They are in complete unity. They are the Godhead. And as the Father worships, and the Son worships, and the Holy Spirit worships, there is worship happening right now in heaven. And you know what worship is? Worship is me stepping into worship that is already occurring. It's not now that I must start to worship. No. Worship has been occurring forever. It's not like, it's, it's like I walk in to a team practice where they're already worshiping and I just step into an already occurring worship loop. Because right now, worship is happening in heaven. Right now. And once I realize that, I can step into worship at any moment and any time, wherever I am, and I am invited into the presence of God in which worship is already happening because God is all about community.
It's not all about you. It's actually corporate. Where two or three are gathered, there I am. And every Sunday, God invites you. Yep, come, come here, worship here. But you can worship anytime, any place. You never have to feel like you're on your own. You're invited into the presence of God. And you can just stand and worship. Thank you for joining us for the Arise Church podcast. We hope this message has blessed you. For more content or resources, visit arisechurch.com. Matiwa, see you soon.